we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And with God's help today, I want to preach this thought. Whose report will you believe? Lord, I want to thank you, God, for what you've already done in this place today. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you be able to to use this message today, Lord, to speak to us, God, to to reveal yourself in a new way, God, Lord, to to challenge us, Lord, to be able to, to go a little bit further, to trust you just a little bit more today. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. You may be seated. And I can't help but think of that old song, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Because his report says I am healed. His report says I am filled. His report says I am free. His report says victory. Because here's the thing. Whenever we're approached with an amazing life-changing opportunity in our lives, God will show you what he wants to do in our lives. And then the enemy will tell us what we're capable of doing. And it's up to us to decide, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to to God who's done things in my life and proven time and time again that he's able to do it? Or am I going to listen to man? And Moses sent these spies into the land, and they were to come back with a report. Verse number 17 says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said unto them, Get up this way southward and go to the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and the land, that is, that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities do they dwell in, whether they have tents or strongholds, and what is the land, whether it be fat or lean, whether they be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first, first ripe grapes. God's timing was perfect. He knew if I send the spies at harvest time, then there's going to be a lot of blessings for them to see. He would be able to show them everything. And he sent the spies there and he said, I want you to go and I want you to to bring back a taste of the blessing that I have for them in the future. But verse 20, it says, and be of good courage. God, you're telling them to go and to, to go get blessings and all these things. Why are you telling them to be of good courage? Because he also says, I want you to go over there and I want you to assess the land. I want you to to measure up what the battle is going to be like. Because here's the blessing, and I I know you want to be focused on the blessing, but you need to also focus on what it's going to take to get that blessing. But be of good courage, because I've already given it to you. Moses never once asked the men to go and see if they thought that they could take the land. That was never a question. God already said, I'm giving you the land. The purpose of the trip was twofold. One was so that they could go ahead and they could prepare for the battle. Because God is on our side, so we're going to be victorious. But we need to learn how to plan and prepare. Many of us, that's how we go along in our lives as we say, well, I serve a mighty God and he's able to do great things. And God's trying to speak to you, telling you, and here's what you're going to be coming up against. And here's what you need to do to prepare for it. And you're saying, but God's amazing and God's an all-time God and he can just do it. And then we get mad when we lose the battle and we blame God because God didn't show up. But he wanted us to prepare. I've heard so many times, Lord, I want to be used to to teach a Bible study. I want to be used to preach. I want to be used to do all these things. Great. What's your servant's heart like? 
How much time have you spent in the Word this week? How much time have you spent on your, on your hands and your knees praying? How many meals have you fasted? Because the blessing and what we want God to do in our lives is, oh man, we'll proclaim that all day long, but then when God says this is what it's going to take, well, God, you can do anything. Do I really need to do that? I believe that this generation is on the other side of an amazing blessing, a revival like we've never seen before, but we're also going to have to prepare like we've never seen before. The harvest is great, but it's going to take workers. I've never once driven by a field and seen the the crops come down and go into the barn on their own. Farmers work long and hard hours in harvest time. Sometimes their life is easy, but when it's harvest time, I've never once heard a a farmer say, you know what, I've got enough of the crops out of my field. It's okay if I lose 20% of my crops. It doesn't happen. But with our walk with God, sometimes we think, God, I've done so much for you that it's okay if I just stop short and I stop here because that's good enough. I'm measuring it up to what I think it could be. They were supposed, supposed to come back with a report of the battles that were ahead. God never once asked the spies to come back with a battle plan. You see, when we create the plan, when we try to assess the situation, we, we, we try to find the answers ourselves, that's when we fail. When we were talking to these guys at this recovery conference, they had a house that they had that, that, that I think it was 27 men they can hold at this, this home. And when they started this, this work, they started it and they had a vision and they talked to a contractor and they said, all right, this is what we're going to do. And uh, this is probably six months to a year out. And the guy's like, okay, well, what, what's, your, what's your plan? Well, God's going to do it. Like, okay, well, what's your, what your finances look like? Well, he, he's going to raise them and he's going to do all of these things. But they were, he's like, well, the, the contractor didn't understand it. He's like, no, you need to have a specific plan of once I have this much money, then we can start this project. And he says, if God called me to do it, I'm going to step forward and trust that God's going to meet me there with the money that's needed to do this building project. And he did. He supplied these things. And I think what's stopping so many of us is that we're taking on God's responsibility onto ourselves. Because God gives us this vision. He gives us this plan of what he wants to do. And we think that God is asking us to figure out a plan to achieve it. He's just asking for us to be a part of the the journey. We get so scared sometimes that we're going to mess up things that we just don't accomplish anything. God gives us the plan. And I I don't know how to to answer that question. So instead of saying, God, I need your help and I'm going to trust in you. We just say, I don't have the answer to that. So this must not be for me. God said, you don't have to worry about the how. You need to understand that I'm going to be there and I'm going to give it to you, but I need you to be prepared. It's ignorant for us to just believe that just because it's God's will, it's going to happen. God's will is that someone is used. God's will is that we are his hands and his feet. I'm sure no other husband in this room has had this problem, but when your wife comes home and she's telling you about her day and all the issues she's had and all the struggles she had, and you come up with a, a fix for everything, right? So as soon as she's done talking, then you've got the answer for everything that needs fixed. And then if your wife is like mine, she just stares at you and says, I didn't need an answer. I just needed to talk. Sometimes that's how it is with our prayer life with God. He begins to show us things and he begins to reveal things to us because he just wants to talk with us. He wants us to know what's coming. He wants us to know what's ahead. And instead of saying, God, I believe that I can do something, we're like, well, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. God's saying, I didn't ask you to do that. I didn't ask you to come up with a plan. We feel like failures because we're trying to do it all without God. God says, I never once asked you to do it without me. 
I just asked you to go ahead and see what I have. I believe that God is calling people into new avenues of ministry that we've never experienced before. And we're just trying to figure it out on our own. It seems so impossible that we don't even try. If God called you to do it, he's going to equip you for it. He doesn't need your ability. He needs your obedience. We need to stop focusing on the giants in the land. And we need to start focusing on the blessing that he has for us. Forty years later, the children of Israel, when they crossed over to the Jordan, they still weren't warriors. We can't believe the lie that the enemy tells us that if we just have more time to prepare. I believe it's important that we prepare, but I don't believe any of us are going to be perfect. Because sometimes God says, I need to see some preparation, but I also need to see some faith. I need to see some trust. I need to see how you're going to be able to walk with me. You see, the second part of their journey was to help build up the the faith and the courage of the people and to share a blessing. And God delivered it in a big way. Verse 23 says, And when they came to the valley of Eshcol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, so large that it, it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They brought back samples of pomegranates and figs. They brought back a taste of what was ahead. Some of the people were, were still afraid of what was ahead. And Moses thought, if you can just bring back a blessing, if you can just bring back a little bit, if you can tell them that it's true, that everything they've heard, that, that God is, is real and he is true, then they're going to get their buy-in. That's what's going to get their attention. And the, the enemy is okay with us just having a taste. He doesn't want us to have that whole blessing. He's content with us coming up to the altar and feeling those goosebumps and having stammering lips and, and saying, you know what, I've got a touch, I'm good to go. I'm okay with having a touch of, of what God has for him. But if he can get it in your mind and he can convince you that's all you need and that feeling good for just a moment is just enough, then he wins. Because God has so much more for us. He's got power. He's got authority. We need to stop focusing on the, the, the battle that's ahead and start focusing on the blessing that God has for us. Because I thought Israel was scared because they'd never been in a fight. Anyone in here never been in a fight in their life? Shockingly, I've actually been in a fist fight. I was a young man. It, didn't, it went about as well as you think it went. But here's the thing. If you've never been in a fight, the thought of the fight sometimes can terrify you more than the fight itself. And I thought that's where Israel was. I thought they've never been in a fight, so they don't understand it, and they're too scared to, to go into this battle. But that's not the case. They weren't a stranger to battle. Israel had fought before since leaving Egypt. But every battle they fought was a defensive one. One where they were just trying to keep what they had. One where they were just trying not to lose any ground. So when they were attacked, they defended themselves and they called on God then. They learned that if I'm being attacked, then God's going to rescue me. You know what? I'm sick and tired of playing defense. I'm sick and tired of being afraid of what we could lose. But I believe it's time that some of us get in the mind of the offensive. And you say, you know what? I'm going to learn how to fight. Because if I can trust God to rescue me in my time of struggle, I can trust God to rescue me when I'm going into battle and I'm facing a giant that I know I'm not equipped for, but God's going to be there and he's going to show up in a mighty way. God promised it. Instead of standing back from afar, we need to take steps in authority and walk into that promise. The enemy will, will make our minds believe that if we choose not to go forward, then we don't have to face the battle. Battles are still going to come your way. During the 40 years of wandering, Israel still had to fight. And it wasn't any easier. 
The only difference is, is they were fighting just to stay free instead of fighting for their promise. I'm tired of fighting for survival. I'm tired of fighting, God, give me just enough strength for another day. But God, I need you to take this away from me, this burden that I'm carrying, God. Lord, this depression that's affecting me, that's crippling, Lord, this anxiety that I'm dealing with, God, I don't want to pray anymore, God, just enough for another day. But God, I'm praying, Lord, take it from me, God, Lord, because this isn't what you have for me, God. Lord, you have blessings and you have promises, and I'm going to believe on those today. If you study the book of Numbers, you'll find that because they chose not to go forward and claim their promise, rebellion entered their camp. Division entered the camp. You see, it's really hard to get angry at your brother and your sister when you're side by side fighting for a cause that you believe in going forward, everything you've got. But when you allow yourself to get stagnant in the camp, when you're idle, when you're sitting around doing nothing, then that's when the enemy starts to play with your mind. Who do they think they are? Are they better than you? Well, why is God blessing them and not blessing you? We need to stop looking around at others in the camp and being jealous of what they have because that small blessing that they have is not the blessing that God has. He has so much more, but in order for us to achieve it, we've got to unite. That's what happens Wednesday night is is there was an eruption in this sanctuary. I I, I taught a class and then I was back with the kids, but I, I, I would poke my head and I'd see people getting together just weeping and, 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 and uniting in a way like I've never seen before. And you could feel things change in the atmosphere because people got in their mind, you know what, we're going to work together and we're going to go forward together. <laughs> Bringing back grapes so large that it took two men to carry. Getting back to the taste of the blessing that God had showed Israel. God wanted to bless them so greatly that it was too much for one person to handle on their own. I believe that that is what God is trying to call this church to today. See, we're great at sharing each other's burdens and each other's struggles and each other's problems. But I believe God wants to take us to a place of blessing so that I'm going to share my blessing with you. I've got too much going on that God is blessing. I'm going to bless you. I want you to bless this community. I want all these blessings to overflow. Because God already told them in verse 2, he said, the land I've given it to you. The promises, the blessings, they're all yours. I'm just waiting for you to go and grab them. Just because God wants to give us something doesn't mean we're not going to have to fight for it. God said, I I want to show you the battle that's ahead. I want to make sure that you're prepared for the challenge. But I don't want you to focus on the battle. I want you to focus on the blessing. I'm going to give it to you if you trust in me. You see, God offers deliverance for free. He saw the struggles and he heard the cries of the children of Israel. So he stepped in and he gave them deliverance. They didn't have to fight for their deliverance. But their promise, their blessing, that was something they had to fight for. Some of us get get content just being free and that's where we stop short. God, you've delivered me from it and I'm thankful for it. I don't believe it's God's will that he takes away an addiction and just that's it. But I believe that God takes it away and then he, he fills us with joy, with peace, with love, right? We, we, we get so excited when we take a burden to God and we, we drop the burden down and God takes the burden. But God's saying, why are you walking away? Because I have a blessing for you to pick up as well. I want you to have the blessing. We need to, we need to be content with it because deliverance, God is going to give it to us. But the blessing, we have to fight for it. The promise is worth the battle. The promise is worth the struggle. One thing that we learned in this recovery conference is sometimes what stops people from trying isn't the thought of failure, but they're scared of success. 
You see, I'm climbing up this ladder, and I've fallen off this ladder before. And, and last time when I fell off the fourth step, I got pretty hurt. And I'm up to the sixth step now, and I'm afraid if I make it up to the eighth step and I fall, I'll never recover. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to fall over right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop myself because I, I can't handle that kind of pain. We've allowed ourselves to get comfortable with, with, with failure because you know what? It's better than risking myself out there and getting hurt even more. God's asking us to step outside of our comfort zone today. We've allowed ourselves to be lazy. God, you deliver me and that's good enough. But God, have you delivered Kendallville? God, have you delivered my family? God, have you delivered my friends? Lord, I'm not going to stop just at my deliverance. But God, you have blessings that you want to pour out on so many blessings, Lord, that I can be a blessing to those around me, God. And I want to keep going until I have that in my life. For generations, all they knew was captivity. They didn't know how to be free. Generational curses are a real thing. And if we aren't careful, we'll just accept them and make excuses for them. Well, that's just the way that it's always been. Alcoholism runs in my family. Depression, it's in my genes. It's unavoidable. Perversion's been passed down from generation to generation. It can stop. But we've got to fight for it. I believe God is calling this generation to a generation of freedom, a generation that's going to be transformed like never before. And it doesn't matter if your mom or your dad or your grandpa or your grandma struggle with it. God wants to give you deliverance and victory for it today. But he says, you know what? I don't want to just stop at deliverance, but I want to break things completely once and for all. I want to give you victory. I want to give you blessings, but I want you to fight for it. It wasn't God's will just to bring them out of bondage. He wanted to bring them to a promised land. God doesn't just want to free us from sin, but he wants us to walk in blessing. John 10.10 says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. But you know what's standing in the way of the abundance of our life and where we're at? Fear. Israel had spent years in a victim mindset. For years, they didn't have control over what happened to them. They had years of disappointments and shattered dreams, years of stories of old-time greatness, old-time miracles, old-time things, but present-day struggles. Years of feeling unimportant and disposable. Years of authority abuse. Years of wondering, why, God, have you allowed this to happen to me? You see, it wasn't the physical scars on their backs from the taskmasters that stopped them from going into the promised land. But it was the, the wounds on their hearts from years of disappointment. Wounded hearts that taught them to draw back from the fight ahead. Wounds that caused them to put up walls and, and keep their pain further away. It influenced their perspective. When you look at the difference between Joshua and Caleb and the other ten spies, it wasn't their experience. They all had the exact same experience. They went through the same thing. They, they, they went through the same struggles. The difference is one group focused on the promise and one group focused on the battle. It's not that Joshua and Caleb saw anything different. Look at the the report that the spies came back with. Verse 26 says, And when they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and they brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We have come to the land whither thou sendest, And surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. 
The report of all the spies was, it's exactly what God said it was going to be. The blessings that he told us about in Egypt, they weren't just stories, but they're there. I got to experience it. All these blessings, we got to see it firsthand. But then the spies keep on talking. Verse 28 says, Nevertheless, the people be strong and dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Skip down to verse 33. It says, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. The same people that woke up every day and had manna provided for them. The same people that walked across on dry ground in the Red Sea. The the same people that watched God engulf an entire army and destroy them all at once. They got scared. Because it was a giant. Moses, this isn't just another battle. They're, they're, they're giants over there. We might have been victorious in the past, but these are giants. These are something we've never seen before. Brother Josh, this isn't just sickness. This is cancer. This, the God, he is, may have healed my body before in the past, but this is a giant. You don't understand, you God. I, I've been going through these, these small things, and you've delivered me, but this is too big. God, this is, just, this is too much. I can't fight, so I might as well just quit now. For the children of Israel, their emotions said, we feel like grasshoppers. We feel small. We feel weak. We feel powerless. We feel just like we were when we were in Egypt. They might have been physically free, but their minds were still in a victim mindset. Their assumption was the inhabitants of the land also view us as grasshoppers. They focused on their emotions instead of focusing on God's promise. When we allow our emotions to dictate our decisions... We're robbing ourselves of the blessings that God wants to give us. Because my emotion says that I'm weak. My emotion says that I'm not enough. But God's promise says, you are enough. You're more than enough. Joshua 6, 1 says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites and no one was allowed to go in or out. My emotion says the enemy sees me as weak, but God's promise says the enemy is terrified of you. Joshua 2 and 1 says, And as soon as they heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and in the earth beneath. I love how things just come full circle. Moses sent the spies into the land and he told them to be of good courage. And the enemy lost all of their courage when they saw the God that was traveling with them. They lost their will to fight because of who was fighting with Israel. It wasn't Israel they were scared of. It wasn't the, the, the number of the army of Israel, but they said it was the God that was fighting for us. That's the one that, that makes you unstoppable. The children were so scared of the battle in front of them, not only did they not want to go forward, but they were prepared to give up everything and go back to Egypt, go back to a land of bondage, of pain, because it was too painful for them to be just on the other side of their promise and have it still be out of reach. The enemy knows if I can stop them from pushing forward, it doesn't matter how far they've come. If I can get their eyes off their future, their past is going to come back and it's going to trap them. They would rather live an unfulfilled life rather than fighting for what God had, had for them. But I love what Joshua and Caleb say in Numbers fourteen seven, And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it, it is a good and exceeding land. 
if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land. And he will give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the word, against the Lord. Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. And their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Joshua and Caleb didn't go into this battle with an entitled mindset, thinking, you know what? God owes me this. But they said, you know what? If we're pleased, if we live a life pleasing to God, if we do all we can for the Lord, if he's pleased with us and we're doing our part, if we take on our own personal responsibility of the decisions we're making, if we choose to walk in the will of the Lord, then we don't have anything to be afraid of. Because God's going to be with us. As long as we keep our eyes on him, as long as we we focus on him, God's going to be there for us. Joshua and Caleb got it right. If, if we want the blessings of the Lord, we need, to, we need to make sure that we're living a life pleasing to the Lord. For their bread, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them. The enemy, the giants that everyone else sees, you know what we see? We see bread. We see nourishment. We see something that's going to make us stronger in the end. We see something that, that, that God has just placed there to be a blessing for us. You see a struggle. You see a battle. I, I, I see a blessing. Don't live in fear. Fear and doubt, addictions, they're the giants standing in the way. The enemy meant them to destroy me, but God's saying, I'm going to use those things and I'm going to make you stronger. I'm going to use those things that you're terrified for. I'm going to make you a conqueror of them and I'm going to make you something amazing because of it. If the music wants to come and if we can all stand, I'm beginning to close. The ones who chose not to live in fear were the ones who got to live in the blessings of God. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the giants, they were still there. The battle, it didn't get any smaller. But you know what else was still there? God's promise. I don't care if today is the day that you arrived at the Jordan River or if you've spent 40 years walking in circles in fear, afraid of the battle. God has called you to a land of blessing today and he's just waiting for you to step forward in faith and take it. He's waiting for you to trust enough to say, you know what, I'm going to fight for it. For 40 years, the promise was just a thought. And the enemy wants you to believe that just because you walked away from it, that, that you allowed fear to, to take over your mind for a season, that, that God's done with you and it's gone. But God's saying, but will you fight today? Do you have the faith today to, to step forward? The promise is still there. He's just waiting on us to trust in him today. He's waiting on us to say, you know what, God? I believe in your report today. God, I know what my mind says that it's impossible. Lord, I know that the situation in my life, I I can't overcome it, but God, I'm gonna believe in you today. God, I'm gonna stop allowing myself to view myself as a victim, but God, I'm I'm gonna view myself as a victor today, God, because anything is possible when I'm walking with you. Stop, remo- stop waiting on God to remove the giants in our lives and, and, and take away the doubt and the fear and allow God to bless us. Allow God to let us experience all the promises that he has for us. I want to choose faith today. I don't want to choose fear today. I want to believe in the, the, the report of the Lord today. If you believe that, will you just come forward? Will you just lift up your hands and say, God, I trust you, Lord. God, I'm claiming on to your promise today, Lord. I want to thank you, God, in the midst of the struggle, God. I'm going to choose to fight, God. I'm going to choose to do it all because, God, you've said it's mine, God. And I just have to, I have to trust in you today, God. And I'm going to do that. Can we all come and pray?